Welcome to Explore to Evolve, the travel show to inspire you to make your life the best adventure. I'm your host Vivi and in this episode we're talking about Debbie McAllister's experience during the 2011 tsunami in Japan. This is part two of the interview so if you haven't listened to part one I highly recommend going back and listen to part one. I want to know how did you come up with the light up your warp? Like, was that something you've always felt connected to, or how did that emerge? Well, the comments that I would get back, it kind of came in a, a couple different ways, but one of them was that I noticed that when you would talk with somebody, you had seen their own personal transformation. Mm-hmm. When they started to really believe in their own worth, there's a light that starts to show and it comes through no matter what you are doing, like it shows in people's eyes, you know, I think the eyes are the windows to the soul and you can see it in their pictures. You can see it on how they walk. You start walking straighter. You start really like setting boundaries. You start taking care of yourself and there's all these, you know, outside things, but the inside just really starts to show up. And then it's amazing what happens with their lives on the outside. And so I really loved that idea of it. And, you know, but when you shine your light, you know, like your worth, and then your worth starts to show up in so many different areas. This parallel route that I was taking with spirituality and, you know, I started out with Reiki and understanding my own healing abilities to heal myself be guided with mentors and teachers, but that I had that ability to help myself. And I think that's, again, showing up our own worth and stepping into who we are. And with that came this acceptance that I was enough. That and is so beautifully said, yes. I I want others to find that peace. And so my journey, my healing journey, which continues the rest of our lives, right? Because life still happens, right? Like, so, but I just have more and more tools. And so I wanted there to be this understanding of why can I have a conversation too with somebody that I work with, whether they understand woo or metaphysical or hippie or um, new age, like there's all these names to it, right? And understanding that no matter what modality you're working with healing modality it all comes from the same guided source you know you can call it god universe source whatever people resonate with and wanting people to have access to that you know part of mine was also travel right like we're regular people doing regular things but i wanted to have this intersection of people to have a place to know oh i can go meet oh i'm curious about that 
and understand that everybody had their journey. How did they get there to collide it with spirituality? And then how are they now helping others? You know, they've realized and they are now of service on whatever that looks like for service. You know, everybody on my podcast has a business and that's because they're, they're of service to others. And that's because there's been lots of people, you know, who've been through healing modalities or different types of life coaches who specialize in different areas or niche and therapists, you know, there's therapists who are more spiritual based or authors. And so I just started to want to share them. I thought, wow, just like I would share with you, you know, our favorite restaurant, right. Or, you know, go to Green Hills mall in Manila. If you want some cool purses and ask for the first time buyer first sale of the day discount. Cause they, they, they do that. My favorite discount. Yeah. Right. So you've been there, you know, the first customer discount, right? Like we want to share that. Then why wouldn't we share the people that we've grown? I've I've always been that connector. You know, I've always been one to want to share uh, experiences, people. Oh, you you're looking for that. Oh, you know, I know somebody, you know, Mm -hmm. and I used to think that everybody did that, but you know, they don't. They don't, they don't. Why don't they? But that's okay. That's okay, right? So having that internal acceptance travel was definitely a huge part of that. And in fact, I started at first when I was thinking about doing a podcast was how do I merge my spirituality and have travel in it? Mm -hmm. Because one of the adventures that I'm saving up for now is I actually kind of want to do like the van life kind of thing. across the u.s and i wanted to do that and i thought well eventually i will be out there i'm not yet i'm in that saving stabilizing certain things so that i can get out there and then i thought well do i want a little uh, little mini rv or do i want the van right like what am i like how am i going to do uh podcast interviews in the van or I don't want to spend $200,000 on a van, right? Yeah. But I also want it to be reliable because I don't want to be, you know, broken down someplace on the road. In the middle and, of nowhere, yeah. In the no middle connection. of nowhere, no connection, right? <laughs> and, and so I started to learn about that and this. And so I haven't quite done that yet, you know, where they are able to cross over. And then I yeah. thought to myself, doesn't travel teach you? Well, you know what? You don't have to have that figured out yet. You just have to take the next step and then the next step after that. And it will all come to you because aren't people like amazingly friendly when you ask for help, when you're not being pushy or, you know, or American. I mean, I know Americans sometimes get a bad rap, but you know, sometimes people feel a little entitled. And if you're not humble, travel, I think is more challenging for you. I think being humble and you're in their land, you're in their culture. I just recorded a episode talking about that, that if you're a tourist, people are more entitled, you know, you go to an all-inclusive resort, you expect the same standard, the same things as a home. Mm-hmm. But if you're traveling, you're immersing yourself into their culture. So don't expect the same things as a home. Yeah. It's a completely different life. It is. It is. And, you know, I didn't know coming up of age. We know when I graduated from high school, nobody 
at that time, people weren't like putting stuff in a backpack and going, you know, across Europe. Not yet. They would. They would later, I think, in the 80s, right? Got really much more popular. But I did not come from a neighborhood where people did that, right? Mm. I was in a neighborhood where, you know, we were just lucky to graduate from high school, let alone go off and go do things. And so it was really beautiful to be able to then have these experiences. I think the other thing travel taught me was that with the podcast as well, is that you're never too old. You're never too old to do anything. No, never too old. You know, I'm 56 as I talk today, right? And I'm saving up to be able to go out there. When I was in Nice, we signed up for a tour. It was just him, this guy. Okay. And we're in a little van, like little bitty van. Right. And then these group of like me and my girlfriend, Samantha, and we met, it was just one man is very small, right. Company. And he, there was five women, English women, very English, very dressed, very Englishly. They talked very English. We have pictures of looking out up on the cliffs out there because we were going into Monaco right there. And so we had dinner with them and he talked to us and there's a picture of all of us out there and we're talking. I wanted to know like, how did you guys start this? Like five women, married, unmarried, divorced, widowed. And they said, well, we had discovered that we weren't getting together enough. So every year we go on a trip and this was their first trip out of England. But they had been doing it for, I think, by that time, 10 years. And I would say they were in their 60s. Wow. And they friended us, right? And I was like, so excited. I was like, well, where have you been? Where should we go? Wouldn't it be great to be able to connect with you when I go there and have you show me what you love about your country? You know, that just reminded me of a story. I went to the Atacama Desert in Bolivia, intentionally booked a Spanish-speaking tour. So I wouldn't have to hang out with all, you know, the tourists. And I ended up with five Germans. (laughs) (laughs) Five Germans and one English guy that was the boyfriend of one of the German girls. And I was like, what has just happened here? (laughs) Before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to tell you about our season two launch giveaway, where you can win amazing prizes, just like our travel consoles, our travel planning workshop, or choose one of our ebooks. All you have to do is subscribe to the show and leave a review. Screenshot it and send it to us to be entered into the giveaway. Leaving reviews is the easiest on either your Apple Podcasts app or in your browser at Apple Podcasts Explore to Evolve. The link is also in the show notes. The giveaway runs until December 12th and you can get extra entries every day you share the podcast to your socials. So tag me at VVWILDS, V-I-V-I-W-I-L-D-S, so we can see your entries and have fun. So let's get started with today's episode. It's just so hilarious to see that we think about creating an experience or doing something and life is something completely different for us in place. Yes. Talking about that, there's a story I would love to hear from you where you flew to Japan. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I was in Thailand, had flown out of Bangkok after being there, had spent the week before doing like a great race in Bangkok through the streets. Oh, my gosh. Got to do that. And flying in and we're in a big plane right because we're going to go from uh, Bangkok 
to Narita to San Francisco. And so we're in what, probably a 727, like it's a big plane. I mean, I always wonder too, how those big planes get off the ground, but that's another story. And we are getting ready, right? They've already had us put everything away and you're waiting and, you know, you're descending and Narita's kind of steep to come into um, when you fly into that airport and we come in literally and all of a sudden they're talking Japanese crazy fast. Like, I mean, and I swear it felt like five minutes. We know it's not five minutes, but they were, they were talking for at least a minute out there. Okay. And they're talking. And then in English, I swear for like five seconds, they say we have a detour that's it. And this plane that's coming like this acts like it's a little bitty plane and it kind of swoops down and then it goes straight up. You are in your seat and you're like. I think I need I think I need to pray. And and we have no idea what's happening. What was running through your head? Was like there's something happening here. And I have no idea. And I was terrified, really. I thought they were too busy to just say anything to us, right? And actually I did look up because I was trying to remember the date. This was March eleventh, two thousand eleven. And what was happening at that exact moment as we were coming down, the magnitude of that 9.9 earthquake had hit. And the airport would end up getting flooded. And so they were close enough that we were literally like the landing gear was already out. Oh, my God. And so... You can imagine these pilots too, right? And this is a beast of a plane. I don't know how close we were. Like, I didn't see the ground, right? And I wasn't sitting at the window seat. But everybody, that's what you're trying to figure out, right? It's spread out with different languages. And everybody's like, you can hear the whole plane. Like, you know, and then it goes quiet. We're lucky to be here at that level of intensity of what he had to move this is like a titanic of a of something up in the air flying and wow we go and we're flying we have no idea we're just sitting there silent it, the whole plane is silent because the japanese must have known what was happening yeah they probably told them more than they told us in english I don't speak Japanese at all. I have no idea. Cannot figure out what's happening. And then what happens is we eventually land at some airport. I went and looked it up. We we flew 357 miles to Okasha. Is that how you pronounce it? O-S-A-K-A. We flew there. We waited around. Everybody's waiting around. And this is the time of the crackberry, the blackberry, right? And we're like talking to a couple of the people who talk or probably American. And we're trying to figure out, so we have to get off the plane. I had been shopping in Thailand at the market. So I have these, like, I would bring things back on my trip. Like I have my elephants. I had these solid wood plaques of Thailand design. Like it's heavy. We're talking, I have like 40 pounds of of stuff with me and we have to take it all. And then they bring our luggage out. Now I have a big suitcase and then they give us some voucher to go find a place. They don't like take us anywhere. They just dump us at the airport. It's total chaos. There's no English at this airport, by the way. Nobody speaks English. It's like the third largest city in that area. And somehow, eventually, we find a hotel in Universal Studios. 
this is how the only reason I can remember because we were really in like, what is happening? We still don't know what's happened. Still don't know. After like three hours, we were able to get somebody who could figure out where we wanted to go because the no drivers spoke English. And you know, the taxis in, in Japan are so clean. They're, they're like high-end vehicles, right? And they're taking me and a colleague out and we end up at, I think she's the one who found the hotel because I couldn't hot and carrying all this stuff and we're trying to figure it out. And then we were able to figure out how to get out of the airport eventually hours later, hungry. We end up at this hotel, the only room that they have that probably would have been a kid's dream, right? All the little furniture, stuff on the walls. Eventually I come downstairs to figure out what can I eat and there's nobody here. There's like hardly nobody at this hotel. So I remember like getting like a hot dog or something like kid food. There wasn't like a restaurant or anything like this. And then I go up to back up to my room and I have my Blackberry and I was able to text one friend to say, here, please post on my Facebook that I'm okay so that my family can see. Now, my dad had just died like six weeks before this. So my mother is back in the state terrified that something has now happened to me, right? Yeah. She, they all know. My friend posted, that's how my family knew. My sister, my mom, right? my mom wasn't on Facebook then, but my sister, because Facebook was pretty new then, and posted that I'm okay. And then I turn on the TV and there's no English, which you would expect, right? You're in another country. And all they keep showing is this warning of the tsunami. And I have no idea where I'm at on the map in relationship. You can't tell. So I stayed up all night watching this TV with this warning signs, right? And you can hear sirens. And I'm just thinking some big wave is going to come in and just take us out of this hotel because we know what happens, right? Um, yeah, learned it. And so eventually we were able to leave after a couple of days, but we were stuck there. We just you had were stuck there for a couple of days. Yep. My colleague that I was with, wasn't so concerned. Apparently they had a massage and a spa on site. <laughs> she didn't tell you about Nobody that. Nobody <laughs> told me, right? Like I was up, like I must've looked a wreck, right? Like I'm wearing my sweat, your hair is up in a bun. And you're like, just trying to figure out like where I have no idea where we are to even know where, how to get home. And are and people not forgetting about me? And like they're leaving, it'll stuck here yeah. in my room. And eventually, I think after we had been there like a day, day and a half, the colleague reached out and says, our corporate travel ended up getting us out. And she was arranging that because I had never experienced anything, still have not experienced anything like that. And I thought to myself, what would I have done without her there? I don't know. But she obviously wasn't that worried no. about it. But here I was in my own little mind. And I think back of what was going on in my life at the time, right? Dad had just passed away six mm -hmm. weeks ago. My This was the first big trip back out of the country. Tsunami hits. I didn't even really know what a tsunami was. You come home and you start seeing the news about what had happened. And you see the pictures. That was when the nuclear reactors got yes. destroyed, yeah, right? Yes, the nuclear reactor was about ready to, you know, it had overheated mm -hmm. and oh my gosh, like, and I was there in some country and I couldn't even pronounce it. And then my colleagues off in a spa somewhere and here I am in the room, can't sleep, really much to eat and definitely didn't no stress eating there. And then getting on the plane, 
and uh, so thankful that she was able to help navigate that. But sitting in that hotel room and watching, and then I was texting really on my, I keep calling it a crackberry because that's what we used to call them, right? Our little Blackberry. And I was texting because you couldn't call back then. And plus it probably wouldn't have been self-service anyway with all of this, you know, natural disaster happening in Japan. And I'm texting with my friend Rita and I am so grateful for my friend Rita for letting my family know, you know, eventually making it home. You realize once you're home, what just happened? And you, you thought, wow, I wish I could have actually helped you know, helped people had no idea. And I'm in a little room with little bitty table for like five-year-olds. And, and, you know, if you're in Japan in a hotel, the chances are you're going to have that was really nice commodes, the heated commode and it did. So the highlight of it is I was like, I had my own private, amazing toilet. Again, I learned that, you know, you just have to make the best of the situation. I would love to go back and visit that beautiful town mm -hmm. because, you know, once I figured out where we were, I have Googled it since then or looked it up and it's gorgeous. It's supposed to be one of the most beautiful places to visit in Japan. And what I saw of it was nothing. You know, I just saw this hotel, hotel room, room. <laughs> with little <laughs> chairs with little people. And so it was definitely quite the experience. And I didn't know that it had been a magnitude of a 9.0 earthquake at that time. You were in the air when it happened, right? Literally. Yep. I mean, yeah. that experience of the plane taken off was, whew. It was similar to an earthquake. <laughs> yeah. You know, nowadays, Somebody yeah. might have been taking footage on a phone, right? I'm sure it was a 727, right? Mm -hmm. Coming up like that. Like if you're back in your seat and you're just, you're praying. Yeah. You're saying you're Hail Marys and no I'm not happy. You know, what's happening. <laughs> right. And you don't know, you know, okay, we're going to talk for five minutes in Japanese on a Japanese carrier. And then, you know, 10 seconds or 15 seconds, whatever it was exactly. for us, right? Yeah. But there's some delay and you're like, Okay. okay. And then here, here's all your luggage. You're on your own, right? Oh my goodness. I love how two people can go through the exact same thing and have such a different experience, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Like your friend just like, I'm just going to go get a massage need to relax a little bit. <laughs> Nothing better to do anyways. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't even know, right? I didn't even know. I was just in the hotel room thinking that a tidal wave, you know, the tsunami is going to be hitting us anytime. I mean, otherwise, why would they have that radar thing on the TV? Where, did Where have I been? <laughs> Where have yeah. I been? I didn't even know the name of the town. The only thing I remember thinking is that there's a Universal Studios and I'm in this ho little hotel room and with, that's made for a special treat for a little kid. And mm -hmm. I don't even know how we got there, any of that stuff, right? So do you feel like this experience changed how you live your life? Most definitely. I don't believe that you can watch and hear about so much devastation around you and not be impacted by it. I think that for whatever reason, all of us souls on that plane had a purpose and falling more into your purpose and understanding that whatever work you're doing on yourself or your life, that you need to continue to do it. What ended up happening is that, you know, my dad had passed away. Six weeks before that, I went on this trip and my mom was like about ready to have a nervous breakdown when I come home, right? And 
And so I made a pivotal actually career change. That's when I decided that my dad had asked me when he was up in ICU that I go help fix healthcare because I do performance improvement. I do Lean Six Sigma work. I am help processes and people become better. He asked me to go fix healthcare. Well, I was still off doing my thing. And I end up later that year moving into healthcare pretty seamlessly and doing this work in healthcare. And that ended up being my last trip to Asia. That was it. I moved into healthcare to make those changes. And so I just couldn't put that my mom would be a wreck every time I was over there for a while. You know, now I could go back and travel and she'd be okay, but it was just so fresh. And so I pivoted, you know, from doing uh, that work in high tech into healthcare. Here I am all these years later now, well, 11 years, 12 years later in healthcare and have made an impact and you know, now that next iteration has happened with my spiritual coming out of the spiritual closet, as I call it, you know, and Mm -hmm. just being all parts of ourselves. And I think when you are there, you have to embrace all parts of who we are. Like we can't have a mask Mm -hmm. or what people think you should be doing. Like you should be in a regular job in a regular apartment and that this nomad that you are, needs to get back out there with whatever that is, even if it's a weekend trip every weekend, right? Like how far can we go or how can I still keep this part of myself alive and not numb out by what the collective norms of what, and what's normal anyway. And don't we even want to be normal? I've acknowledged that I'm not normal and I've accepted (laughs) it. (laughs) I love that because imagine if the whole word was, the same or normal there would be no really sense of traveling because why would we go somewhere that's exactly the same where we are at right like it's the beauty of the world that everything is different and that every place and every person is is so different and so unique Mm -hmm. that we want to go out and see it and experience it and learn from it yeah I think if you don't come back from a trip with the imprint of where you've been You are not present to the magical smells, taste, the visuals, the kindness, the rudeness, or the perceived rudeness, right? Or the experience of being in the moment. The sounds are so different. The taste, the experiences, the textures of everything is so different. And if it doesn't leave an imprint on you, for myself, it'd be like, I think I would need to question, how can it have not, how did I not receive what was there? to be absorbed and experienced. That is so beautiful. Yes. I want to ask you one last question. What do you feel makes you feel most alive? Like where does your aliveness come out? I would say it's always with nature. When you have a real connection with somebody, like you feel like your souls have connected. Like I have felt we've connected. Yeah. If I saw you and you were on that, hiking trip with your full nightclub makeup and we connected in our broken like whatever language right or you helped me find my way when I got lost or took my picture or that a real connection is that no matter what language no matter what country you're in we all want similar things I don't say the same thing because I don't think we do want the same thing I think we want the same thing to have those opportunities and to take care of ourselves and take care of our families and to love Mm -hmm. and so when I have that connection 
with anybody, whether that, that's what it is. That's what brings me the biggest joy, whether I ever see somebody again, ever to be kind, even on the, when I'm not as graceful as I would like to be kind is my goal. Have I always done, been able to do it? Probably not. Right. I'm, I falter, you know, human experience here. If I can leave kindness with somebody or a smile, that, and that connection, that brief connection, that's what happiness is really. And that inner joy. And on my website, lightupyourworth.net, they can go grab a free meditation. That is an energetic healing to really, it's called own your sparkle. And it is really to step into your own authentic confidence. It's my gift for people, you know, who want to go visit it. And, and I would always love to hear from anybody, you know, like who really resonated with you because that's what it is. We all are connected and let's help each other. Let's raise the vibration of the earth and bring more light and love. And, you know, let's go travel, right? Like, let's meet up. If you're in another country, send me a message. If I, when I'm there, I want to be able to meet more, more people, like-minded people. Thank you, Debbie McAllister. I am so grateful for you sharing all of your amazing stories and giving so much insight and really sharing your wisdom from your heart. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and family and anyone that would benefit from listening. Leave a review, participate in the giveaway, and we're very excited to have you back on Tuesday for our next episode. Thank you so much for being here and being part of Explore to Evolve. I am beyond grateful. If you have any questions, if you want to discuss the topics, please share with us on social media or send in a voice memo. So don't forget to subscribe to the show so you get notified when new episodes drop every Tuesday and Thursday and, and enjoy the rest of your day.